What's up, everybody? Welcome to Salah's Corner with the one and only Salah Muhammad. You know, I know you 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 miss the air horn. I mean, you don't miss the air horn, but no. I actually like being able to push. It makes it feel so official. No, it's definitely button. is the air horns on the system are definitely fun. Don't get, but you know, I mean, people be fucking with shit, and so now we can't <laughs> find them. So people be fucking with shit. I'm gonna get that on a shirt. Yeah. Oh, I am so people gonna do that on a shirt. shirt. I'm gonna do that. Right. Like, yes. Oh no, coming soon, people. Check the be website, ready. y'all. People be fucking with shit. And that, it just applies to so many things, right? I it's get up great. in the morning, I look for coffee, can't find it because people be, fucking, people with be fucking with shit. Where the fuck my coffee cup at? People be <laughs> fucking with shit. What's going on? Let's, uh, what you got? Any other? No, school started this week, you know, so I'm trying to juggle that and trying to, you know, be a parent and, and cook food for people that are hungry <laughs> and work. And so, yeah, that's it. <laughs> I, I, you know, I just thought of another thing that I want on a shirt. I should probably, I really don't have a lot of time to be wasting talking about shit like this. But, <laughs> uh, I just thought of another thing. We, so I was in, I was on Zoom one day earlier this week with, with work and we were all talking about like vacation and stuff like that. And people was like, you gonna take them kids? We was all like, nah, man, fuck them kids. Listen, that is my motto. So like, why, That's why my motto. someone turned that into a shirt yet? Yo, because I'm kids. doing it. That is my motto. Anybody knows me, they know at some point I'm going to say, yo, man, fuck them kids. Yeah, but because not like, that's real. Not like. If you're a parent, then you know. Yeah. Like, not if like. If you know, then you know. Not like, you know, you know how people be like, oh, no, I love my kids. No, I wouldn't say that. No, no, no. I'm talking about my kids. Yo, fuck them kids. Exactly. That's what I'm talking about. I'm, I'm talking about all of the kids. <laughs> Every single one of them. Let me stop. If you're a parent. You know what I'm talking about. They gonna listen. They gonna cause they they old enough to listen to this now. Find it on their own. They gonna be like, "What was you saying about me, yo?" On the podcast? Nah, my daughter will be like, "Yeah, that's my mom." Let's see. With me, I don't really got nothing. I mean, that's not true. I you say that always, always. You say it every week, and we know every week that's a lot. Anybody that knows me knows that I got fifteen eleven projects. Thanks. I got the driving movie is this Monday. Yes, come through, people. By the time you listen to this episode, oh yeah, you won't be able to come you through because you would have been there already. Yeah. Because uh, tickets are sold out. I got my ticket. That's and all I'm saying. We'll be uh, we'll be watching Do the Right Thing. We got some vendors that's going to pull up, bring some money. Cause I'm not buying nothing, though. <laughs> that's fine. They, it ain't coming. I'm going to have my own popcorn. That's that's totally. You my own my, popcorn my, and drinks. Bring your own microwave popcorn if you want. That's cool, too. I don't make, I don't have microwave popcorn. I pop mine fresh. Thank you very okay. much. With the pinky in the air, popping it fresh. Yeah. What else I got it. working on? I got, I got the driving movie. I got some other projects cooking up that I can't quite announce yet. Y'all yeah. know how I do, but hopefully if I can get this launch, it'll be super exciting. I do. I can announce that I'm doing an outdoor yoga event. Yes. That's um, going to be fun. I'm actually doing two. Okay. I'm doing. They're both in May, actually. I'll let y'all know when the next day. I can't. I can't tell you when the the, the second. Check out the is. socials because the, it might have passed by the time we come back because of no, our, no, our, it won't, it our won't schedule. Have no. Nah. It's, okay. it's It's gonna be like literally towards like the last couple of days of this. Oh, month. okay. So we'll 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 see y'all again yeah. before. It so the fifteenth. Saturday the 15th, come out to a yoga event. We're going to be doing it at Hunnam Park. And then the next one is TBD. I'll let y'all know. I know the date already. I just I just got to make sure the money <laughs> here. That's all. Listen, it's about them coins. It's about them coins. All right, let's go on to our first topic. We got anything? Politics meets pop culture. Uh, 
anything think so. happening out there? I feel like there is something. I mean, it's always something. Happening. You know my motto. Everything, know. everything that we do is, is, pop, is pop cool. Pop. I can't think of anything off the top of my head. I, I can't think of anything either. Let's skip skip that this week. Well, we got local. What's happening local? You got something pulled up on the computer there. No, this, this is my whack ass of the week. Oh, oh, let's not get into that yet. All right. We're going to skip <laughs> that. You got anything happening locally? No, there was something. The Well, it's kind of local. It's the state. But That's local? Yeah. At the end of the month, the mask mandate is going to expire. Not necessarily for Philadelphia, but for the rest of the state, the mandate will expire. So everyone will be maskless again, except in Philly. I mean, I feel like a lot of folks haven't been mask wearing masks anyway. Yeah, yeah I think true. Philly has been like pretty strong with it, but like outside of Philly, like the rest of the state, like they just be on. like, "Fuck them kids." Outside of Philly, and that's Pittsburgh, what they saying. The rest of the state is really like Kentucky. It's Pennsylvania. Yeah, that's it. That's all I got. We'll 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 see what happens. They might they might you know push it forward depending on what's happening with the cases and whatnot. But we'll see. We'll yeah, see. I mean, you know, they want to. They want everyone to be what they want the population to be at seventy percent. Yeah, uh, vaccinated, vaccinated before and like well, we're at like forty one percent or something like that at the nation. Yeah, but then the still statewide percentages is it's a it's a mess. We we shall. We see. still in the panorama, y'all. Still in the Panera Bread. Let's see what else is local. Of course, we got the upcoming district attorney election. Yes, May eighteenth. We got Carlos Vega Trash. running against current district attorney Larry Krasner. There's also a bunch of judges that's up for um, election. Mm-hmm. Uh, this that's coming up. I ain't gonna shout all of them out because there are a lot of them. <laughs> yeah. Um. So definitely make sure I get out there to vote, y'all. May eighteenth. May eleventh um, is the t- the deadline for requesting the mail in ballot. So make sure sh- if you're going to mail in the ballot, make sure you request by the eleventh. Get in in the mail by the eighteenth. It no. It has before to, the eighteenth, it has to be received. Right. By 8 p.m. on May 18th. So if it's in the mail on May 18th, you ain't. Good I'm, I'm thinking. Of, I'm thinking of back in in Georgia. As long yeah. as it's in the mail by that date, but they not, will not count scratch postmarks. That. Scratch um, that. If you have uh, it in before the 18th, or yes. go to your local polling place, wear your mask, and go and vote. And and the good thing is, is if you if you get if you request a mail in ballot, and you either decide you want to to vote in person, or you decide or you never got your mail-in ballot you can still go in and vote you just have to bring the mail-in ballot with you if you decide to change your mind or if you never got it you just gotta let them know right so just make sure you do that to get out there and vote but yeah like seriously y'all every six this months is important every, i mean it's always important but this one is a big one every six months there's an election in philadelphia so just make sure y'all get out there and vote y'all i know like y'all probably hear tired of hearing me talk about it I'm not tired of talking about it, quite honestly, but, like, it's so important that, like, we get out there and vote in every single election because that's how we actually see some change. And when not enough of us votes, the the, the change is slow. The progress slows down. And the key to a healthy democracy is for the citizens to be involved in it. And so if you want to make progressive change, not regressive change... We got to get out there and vote, people. We're going to have to dedicate an episode to, to to kind of this topic a little bit. We haven't dived too much into it, but I got a guest that is coming up in the works that we, we should bring on. It's not the person you're thinking of, actually. They can't, but they can't see me, but I'm doing the, what's the guy? Mr. Burns Mr. Fingers. Mr. Burns Fingers, yeah. 
It's it's not the guest you're thinking of. It's a it's a friend of mine. She runs a nonprofit oh, here okay. in the city. Uh, I but, was like, what guest do you think I'm thinking of? But I I know who you think I'm thinking of. But uh, I, there's two folks that I, I'm I'm looking. We got to a special have guest coming. Possibly. We'll see. Okay. We'll see. I hope so. Fingers crossed. All right, we're gonna take a quick break, uh, and then we'll be back with our main topic. Here at Salah's Corner, I am always looking to connect with new people, hear new perspectives, and share new stories. And right now, I want to hear from you. Email me at realtalk at salahscorner.com and we can get your story featured on our next episode. All right, we are back with our main topic. We have a guest in the studio this week, Janine Upta from One Bright Ray. Thank you. Welcome. Can you introduce yourself to the beautiful listeners? Yes, hi everyone. Um, my name is Janine Ukda and I am a lovely school counselor at One Bright Ray Community High School. Outside of One Bright Ray and my passion and love for students, I am also the owner and founder of Just a Girl, which is a woman empowerment brand I started in 2017 to basically, in so many words, bring back the feminine side into young girls and women and showing them the importance of just embracing all that makes them girls, women, all that good stuff. You know, I'm a I'm a product of Philadelphia. I'm very passionate about what I do in Philadelphia. I'm raising my children here as frightening as it is sometimes, but I'm doing my best to, you know, live out my passion and my purpose each and every day. So that's just a little um, about me. Appreciate that. <laughs> Thank awesome. you. Welcome. So let's 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 talk about you then mm-hmm. for for a little bit. You know, where you, you said you were a product of Philadelphia. You grew up in Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. Let's let's go back. Let's go okay. back in time to a little bit. Where'd you part of the city you grew up in? So and- I grew up in Southwest Philadelphia, like right off of Baltimore Avenue. So it's kinda like weird. So a lot of times when I hear people say like I technically went through moments of like my dad and my mom being together and in the same home. So I don't I kinda still feel like I was in a single family home but mm-hmm. then there were like moments where like we were together so if that makes sense makes so sense. <laughs> I think a lot of people can relate to that yeah Absolutely. you know so I had my dad you know it just was different and sometimes my mom makes comments and I'm like girl like my dad was here like stop like stop like so it's just me and my sister and growing up it was it was I had my parents are pretty like chill people and I think a little too chill as I got older um like as far as like educating us on things just really just not knowing a lot of stuff as far as like the world like I was never really pressured to go to college I I don't really remember like I had to do this or I had to do that like you know and I don't really I don't really know why when I think back to like I wish maybe I did have more of that pressure or you know so that was something that I just remember like when I went to college my sister followed behind me but there was really no one that I like looked up to that made me want to go to college. It just was like in me. My mom went to graduate high school. They both worked for the for the Amtrak. So that's kind of how. I mean, I think because they came out with both pretty good jobs at like 18, 19 years old. That I think that was just like, you know, it was cool. And maybe that's why we didn't really have like the pressure because it was just you know there. It's a little weird. I mean, my family. I'm not really that close with my family. My my dad's side is in New York. My mom's side is, you know, pretty much here. And we have some family down south. But I have a pretty distant relationship with my father now, as close as we were growing up. So I just, I'm, I'm a type of person I really will distance myself from, like, everyone attached to the person that I'm 
distance from. So if it's my dad, I really don't really talk to the rest of my family. And I don't know if that's a good or bad thing, but I think growing up, that kind of just things that I've I learned early on of not really allowing people to do certain things to me. And I will just distant myself. And it's hard, especially when it's like a parent. So that was tough. I mean, just the just the a lot of like things I had to become immune to because it got for me, I feel like my life got more challenging as I got older as a teenager, whereas most kids are like vice versa where they're younger. But my parents went through like this weird thing when we were older and my sister was like this whole stuff with child support and we were like teenagers. And I'm like, what, in, what is happening? Mm. So it just became harder as we were like, you would think I'm almost out the house. I'm in college. Why are we like, why is this becoming a like parenting issue that we're in the middle of as almost, you know, teenagers. So that really was like a lot for me. I just, I started to just have different, feelings and thoughts and kind of perspective of like my own life going through that and like I said it just really taught me how to draw the line as to what I will and will not put myself through I didn't want to be in the middle of it my sister and I are totally different type of people so she's I guess I'm I'm, I'm a very forgiving person but I also as I have boundaries so again I won't I don't care who it is I've if certain things happen to me over and over I have to draw a line and cut the boundaries to protect myself. So it's been a little challenging (laughs) in that sense. But, you know, I went to Paul Robeson High School. It was Bartram Human Services prior to me graduating high school and became Robeson. Yeah, I remember Um, Bartram Human Services. You did? Yeah. Oh, wow. I went to to Bartram at the main building. Okay, okay. uh, For like a year. Okay. I was was a bad high school kid. (laughs) (laughs) I ain't gonna lie, I was. Yeah, I was was the first graduating class of Robeson, I think, Mm. is when it became Robeson. So... That was, I mean, I, I really enjoy high school, which is why I, for me to be a high school counselor, I don't understand. It, it just kills me. I'm like, I loved high school. I don't even understand why they hate school so much. It was such a fun experience for me. And my sister followed right behind me and she went to Robeson as well. When I went to IUP for college and I just, I didn't have any fear. Like people were questioning me going so far. Like I said, I didn't, I was, I was just kind of ready to go and really, start my life I guess but I feel like with high school again I just school I never really had like pressure about academics like just and I think I've always been I guess self-sufficient where maybe my parents just didn't think they had to be on top of me so that's why they gave me so much freedom but I don't remember like anyone saying check your homework or you know just different stuff like I got good grades it was just kind of like what it was what it was but there was really no accountability for me to, if I didn't do something, I, it was just kind of like, you know. So I was probably the more the person who held my sister accountable because I was like older and I'm like, okay, you need to do good. So I think that that was something because my mom and my dad didn't know nothing about college. Me going to co- like literally figuring stuff out on my own as far as like FAFSA and just, I just figured it out. And I was thankful to have that to be able to figure out for my sister, but. It was times where I'm like, why don't you guys know this stuff? Like, you know, like, why? It sounds like from an early age, you either one, your parents did a a pretty solid job Mm -hmm. as far as like building you up to be an independent person. Yeah. Or you are just like just this naturally independent counseling type of personality already. (laughs) Yeah. I don't know. It literally is all. And I think even down to like things like credit and like I just I I think I I see what I don't want and I just tap into like yeah I'm not gonna do that like seeing my mom just like I just always have been 
I guess naturally seen things that I didn't want in my household. You know, my parents, my, my dad is a he's been a recovering addict for about 20 years. Mm. So, you know, that's a, that's a good thing. But that, you know, I feel like I, I, I feel like at this point, I'm like, I need to get therapy just because I feel like things that I thought I worked through as a younger woman, even as I'm getting older, you realize that you haven't. So just different things like my parents, they, for the most part, they did an okay job of trying to hide things from us. But after a while, I mean, any addict is, is no, only so much you can do. So I feel like I used to have anger toward my mom about her trying to protect my dad. And then when I got older, my dad would tell us he was trying to protect, like so many different things that, you know, but I, again, I just started to become more aware and knew like, okay, I'm not going to do this. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I'm picking up on this. In the midst of the trauma and the traumaticness of like the domestic violence in the household and just different things. I mean, I remember things like my coping skill was like to go in my room and like scream in my head. I would not mm-hmm. scream out loud, but I can remember like doing it. Like, mm-hmm. you know, like I would just go in like in my head, I would just be like screaming, but no one can hear me. So I think that might have been just the thing where it kind of taught me like this is where I have boundaries. So I don't get into those like where I'm screaming in my head by myself so I just think even down to like that even as a grown woman today learning more about my parents and like who they are and you know why they were the way they were when we were growing up it makes sense because like my mom is so I don't really know much about her her childhood because she just is not very vocal and she's super emotional but it never makes sense like (laughs) like I'm like why are you crying I don't I don't get it like what what is it you know so I just think back to like things I'm like, okay, I, I have more grace now for my mom and like my dad because I understand people more and like why you behave a certain way, why your upbringing was a certain way. Maybe I can't imagine what your grandparents, like, you know, your parents were like, so I have a little bit more grace, but I just think my sister said, I'm like, I don't know where you came from. I'm like, I don't know either, but <laughs> <laughs> I'm so different. You know, I'm like a different from, you know, my, I don't drink or smoke like at all. My sister and my mom are like, they'll have a good time together i'm just like okay do y'all like you know i just don't have those desires people you there are like where did you come from i'm like i don't know i'm just <laughs> i'm just here <laughs> so do you do you think that the lack of structure or motivation as far as like education in school do you think that the lack of that helped propelled you into becoming a school counselor i think it definitely did i don't think i i naturally didn't i went to college for criminology i had this weird idea i know i went i thought i was going to be like i watched a lot of i watched a lot of tv okay so i listen there's nothing wrong with tv i am an avid i'm an avid i love tv and i thought that i was going to be forensic scientist at that time, I didn't know it was all science, and I hate science. And I was like, "Wait, <laughs> this is like this is not what they do on TV. Like this is what this is what they do." And I realized, and I was, right? And I was like, by the time I was like, got to like my third year, I'm like, "Yeah, I'm not changing majors. I'm just gonna rock this out and <laughs> figure it out in grad school." And I went for social work, and at Westchester, I hated it. I literally left. I did a full year, and I was like. Again, I was back to myself like, can't do this. I will not stay anywhere that I don't feel is fulfilling me. Yes, people are probably like, you wasted a whole year, you wasted money, but I'm like, I gotta go. And I started to think back to like, I was trying to do something for social work that was not really for me. I was trying to understand my mom's, like her issues with like, I was trying to like, and it was like, this is not really what I want to do anyway. Mm -hmm. And I just thought back to like, 
I always had like a connection with like teenagers and youth, and that was kind of like okay. I just thought about what I really wanted to do for like me, then trying to do something to like figure out someone else's life. So that was like a big force, and obviously, like I said, the lack of just the desire of education, and just even like my younger cousins, and it's like, what are y'all doing? Like, how do you not like school? Like, why are you not like you know? And and I started to realize. I remember like, if it rained outside, we didn't have to go to school. Like, my mom would just be like, oh, it's raining, you have to go. And I would still go because I liked school, but that's how, like, it was really, like, not that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. Not that she, I was, she wanted us to be failures or, like, not graduate, but it was just that much of, like, again, I guess just knowing I was doing well that it was, like, it's no big deal if it rains. You don't mm-hmm. have to go to school. Like, you know, so thankfully I wasn't, like, I could have took advantage of it like no other if I really wanted to, but I enjoyed school enough to, like, go and want to you know, learn and not sit in the house. I mean, I didn't have to work, so I'm thankful I wasn't a child who had to, like, work in high school. And mm-hmm. so I didn't have anything else to do but go to school. Like, that was, like, fun for me. So It's a unique experience. that, yeah. And specifically in Philadelphia that a lot of, I mean, I know I didn't have a fun experience in high school. My high school, I went to three okay. high schools in total, and they all were, you know. My last high school, I went to Germantown. It was mediocre. Okay. But the no, other I ones really were like, pretty, pretty like, terrible. I, I really liked high school. I was homeschooled. Were you? Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I know. Yeah, um, I really, I did. I really enjoyed it. Like, I had like my high school boyfriends. I only saw them in school. You like, saw, you wait, wait like, hold on. You, you, you heard the plural. <laughs> she said high school boyfriends. Uh huh. So like I a high school that. boyfriend in tenth grade. Like I literally, I tell the girls like now when they like tell me about that. I'm like this. The relationships that y'all have in high school are way more serious than I could have ever imagined. Like, I literally saw, <laughs> like, I would see him in school, and I wouldn't, like, there was no talking on the phone. There, Like, I would, it was just see him in school, and that's maybe, that was just it. Yeah. It was, it's like, yeah, that's my boyfriend. I just I think they school. have access to each other more, though. I know, it's different. Like when we were kids. Right, right, right. So, you know, going back to your, you know, your, your career path then, right? So you go to IEP, you still, you, even though you finished, that's really not right. for you. <laughs> you go to Westchester for a year. And I transferred to Eastern. So I got my master from Eastern. Go. Yep. I got okay. my master's from Eastern and I literally, it was like, God was like, Oh, there you go. Like I literally felt like I spent a year at Westchester, like kind of like I'm doing at my job now of like advocating for like, this needs to change and this needs to change and that needs to change. And, I was, it was, and I remember like a lot of my classmates were also very frustrated with like the department and like the professors were so like outdated. Mm. Like you're telling me about the field and you haven't done, been in the field in 25 years. Mm. And I was like, so people were really like adamant about just changes, but I was like, okay, I'm not going to sit here and preach about change and stick it out. Even though I, cause I was like living in this timeline. Like I graduated college, I was 21, I'll be done my master's at 23, and it'd be like perfect. And I was like, I'm not, like, I'm getting rid of that timeline. I'm starting over. I literally didn't transfer not one credit to Eastern because it was obviously a totally different program. And I was okay with that. Like, I was, and that's kind of where I knew, like, I was making the right decision because I didn't, I didn't have any didn't stress about care it. about the money, the credits. Like, I, when I got there, it was such a different experience. I was actually being taught and, and what learning. Was the program again? I was in the school counseling program. Yes, yeah, so I was in the Eastern school counseling program. And, I just enjoy, I mean, obviously that was a big factor with me for me was the professors actually being in the field and able to really tell us what's happening. Like, obviously you can only save us so much because we're not in the field, but 
at least I know you're coming from teaching, I mean, from counseling that day before you come to class, you can give us real life experience about what's happening, Mm -hmm. how to handle it, what you can do different or, you know, let us bounce ideas off of what should I have done different? Like that was just something I really enjoyed. Then the book, like Mm -hmm. you're, this is not, the book is not what's happening right now. And that's what Westchester was trying to, and a lot of my, you know, I have friends who stayed and stuck it out and, you know, I did, that was, you know, for them to make the decision, but I knew like, yeah, I'm out. Like this ain't for me. What what you outlined though is is you know I know that's something that I went through within the Philadelphia school district mm-hmm. system, right? And so, you know, are you you know now that you're you know now you're in the school system mm-hmm. here in the city? T- talk to me about like the the structures of One Bright Ray. Like, is it like officially a part of the Philadelphia school district? What's that like? And then I want to talk a, a little bit about like you know, some of the experiences that your students are, are, are saying, because it sounds very similar to what you experienced when you went to Westchester. Yeah, yeah. So I'm still trying to figure out myself a lot of times, but <laughs> believe we're, like, funded by the school district. So we technically do follow their rules because they do, like, our walkthroughs. They kind of basically, I, I guess, I mean, they're, like, the boss, I guess. So a lot of things, I think, from my experience, from I've been there for almost four years, and I and I have seen the shift of like the school district being more involved. When I think it might have been years where they weren't really involved, or I don't know if something changed where like the head became more involved and wanting to know what was happening. So just different things that were not being done, the school district has now implemented that they have to be done. So that just shows like a difference of like, hmm, why were we never doing this in the first place? Mm. Like it, this is. It's not like it was some rocket science. Like, we don't, it's like we probably should have been doing these things. We probably should be enforcing truancy. We probably should be, you know. So, there are things where I was like, okay, this is weird. So, it's like a little bit the, and that's something that struggled with the students where we, we just throw things at them that get thrown at us unexpectedly. And they're like, what are you talking about? Why do I have to do this now? Like, why do I have to get shots? And I'm like, because we have to have them for the school like you know and they're like I don't I don't need them before I've been here for two years and I'm like I know but I need them now and then that's where it becomes that that back and forth and that inconsistency that they that they struggle with in general and then we're we're being inconsistent as well so I think that that's a big struggle for us as staff to like wait what do we have to do now and we got to do it by Friday and today's Wednesday and then we want me to tell the students on Monday and then have them have it back on Wednesday of the next week is like that's unreal, like, you know. So so because you have, you know, this kind of almost like a stepchild relationship with the school district, mm-hmm. some of the rules that are implemented through the rest of the schools in Philadelphia aren't, are a lot more lax unless it's kind of like walkthroughs or kind of yeah. And not yeah. saying that, you know, just for full transparency, you are not here speaking on behalf of One Bright Ray. Right. I just want to put that out there. Yes. <laughs> this isn't about like just, you know bashing them or anything like that but just understanding the dynamics of mm-hmm. like the structures of school and then can you talk a little bit about one bright ray so it's you know we had carlos aponte mm-hmm. who was a teacher here before but can you refresh folks memories like what types of students do you serve so we are considered an alternative school just because we have students who are the ages of 16 and we accept them until their 20 their 21st birthday so you can remain in the program after you're 21 but you have to be um, already inside and, and honestly we have every type of student you could possibly think of I think the age gap is such a big it's a, such a big dilemma sometimes because we have students who 
are a little bit more mature and they're, they're all together. So there's no like difference of like the 20 year olds are in this class. They're like, you could be 16 in your class with a 22 year old. And that's just that based on like, and so it can be very overwhelming sometimes for like a 22 year old who has like kids at home and they're trying to graduate. And you have a 16 year old who's like, won't let the teacher teach and they're being 16 and they're trying to, and they're, you know, the, and I'm trying to figure out how do I, let this 22-year-old understand what it's like to be 16 in class. And I get that you have more responsibilities. And also the 16-year-old to be like, come on, like they're t- you're doing the most, you know? So it's a very challenging with the age gap. And I and I understand that more. I, th- I thought it was like super cool at first, but I start to see more of that because we have students who, who have, a lot of them have like real life responsibility. Like I said, I didn't have like literally any in high school but to go to school but my students literally are having like three and four children like literally so it's a totally different like experience of like high school for them like it's really Mm -hmm. not even like high school like you know it's like it's just different and it's like heartbreaking because I'm like I get why you don't come to school like you have you have two kids and you're pregnant with one and you you know I literally just had a mom this is like so random because they'll like bombard you with like one question and it turns into like, whoa, hold on. But literally just saying like, can y'all help me with like housing and like we live in this basement and she's about to have this baby and there's four of us here and I don't want to bring a baby in this world. And she just goes into like all these different things. And I'm just like, I can give you some resources. I can try my best, you know, and they look at you like, but you're the school. What are you? You're supposed to help us. And I'm like. I wish we could, you know, I wish, I wish we could. So it's just so many different things. And it's like, they have, it it really has changed where these students are just, school is like literally at the bottom of the bottom of their, their. So for me as a counselor, I know academics are first. I get, I get it. But I, I'm very honest with them. I say, I, I, I can't have a conversation with them about school when they're telling me that their brother just got killed. They they have these kids. I'm not throwing in, so you come to school tomorrow? I'm just not. So I don't want to be that person because this is this is my role. Like, you know, this is what I was hired to do. I'm not the teacher, you know. So unfortunately, you're not going to get me pushing academics when I'm hearing this. Yeah. Um, and it's and it's obviously the, the focus is academics and I get all that. But, but you got to have you got to be right mentally. Before yeah. You can be able to absorb. Yeah. What you're but what you're attempting to learn. Yeah. Because I want I want to change where it's like the person comes first. Yep. Right. That's what I'm trying to get them to understand. Like the person comes first and then the rest of this stuff comes after. So it's such as because it's like we have different campuses, you know, things happen, operate differently at diff- at each campus. So it's tough. Like I said, it's very tough because, you know, if everyone is not thinking person first type of thing, then we have these back and forth things and the students are dropping out or they, I mean, literally just, they don't even drop out. I mean, they drop out, they don't officially drop out, but they just are ghosts for like years. And then we might see them on the news. Then I just got another student who was murdered. Like, you just, we just might, you know, so this is just what's happening. And I just feel like there can be more done. You know, there can be more done when we start to look at them as people first, you know. Can I can I ask a question as it relates to 
you know, what the, the, the school district of Philadelphia mm-hmm. can do more of. Because, you know, this is a common theme that I'm yeah. hearing. You know, last year, pr- prior to the pandemic, we had, you know, we had some some educators on that talked about how, you know, just the, you know, they were, you know, talked about how they were unpaid. Mm-hmm. And these are um, teachers' assistants. Mm-hmm. These are, you know, folks that are working in the, the special education inside the classrooms with some of these, these folks. And they're, you know, in a lot of ways making, like, minimum wage yeah. and things like that. And so, like, we're I'm constantly hearing and then also experiencing some of these failures mm-hmm. from the Philadelphia school system just from that side of it. We, we I know the city and the state has some onus and some failures to acknowledge on, like, how these problems have become confounded. Yeah. But, like, what is your opinion on how the school district is handling just this influx of students being directed to these alternative programs and then also not ensuring that they're adequately equipping them and addressing some of their needs while, like, even before that, right? Mm-hmm. Like, what, 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 you know, enc- encouraging them to, like... Or, or discourage them from dropping out in yeah, the first place before yeah. even getting there. Or just, like, alternative programs that divert from kind of, like, the stuff that we see out there in the streets and mm-hmm. things like that. Can you just talk about, like, your opinions yeah, about as much that. as you yeah. can give them? Yeah, I think for me, <laughs> I think that... That's real. No, I think that the issue, in my opinion, honestly, I think that people don't pay attention until, like... It's at the end, you know, so I think that there is just a lack of being proactive. I think the school district of Philadelphia, I I always always sit back and I just remember like hearing for years, even like when I was in school or getting out of school or like the school district have any money and they're just suffering and they close all the schools. And I'm just like, well, where does the money go? Like how like what about Philadelphia is so bad that we don't have any money and like. Mm We jump across the the road because I worked in Montgomery County prior to coming to Philadelphia, and I know it very well. And I'm just like this this like I remember and I interned at Norristown High School. Sorry to like backtrack, but I interned mm-hmm. I did my internship at Norristown High School. They had six school counselors, and I remember like wow, like they have six of them, like six, and everyone has an intern. I mean, I remember a few years ago when, like, every school didn't have Right, they got rid of the counselors. Right. Right, and then they decided, like, but I was, that's why I'm like, whoa, like, they have six counselors? Like, and I'm thinking, like, so that means that someone's retired, I can get a job here? Like, but it has, but I remember, they had six, six counselors plus a college and career counselor, and I remember she had some type of, like, budget, and she was like, I need to use, I need to use this money. I'm going to do my office over like she just had money mm. and wow. I was rem- I remember thinking like this would never like where did they get this money from like because the school district in Philadelphia has no counselors now like so and I remember that and I'm just like so and I think back to here I'm like where like what happens like how does this happen that it, it trickles down but I think that it also starts with in my opinion I think that people don't pay attention until it's like too late I think that and prior, again, I did truancy when I was in Montgomery County. And I remember us looking at the numbers of, like, the Philadelphia truancy rates are just ridiculously high. And I think it goes all over this, the school district, the juvenile justice system. It's all, like, no one pays attention, like, at all. So we have so many students who they're suspended, right? But no one paid attention to, like, what got them to be this suspension. Same with, like, the juvenile justice system. I'll hear people say, like, my students will say, yeah, they put me on probation, but they told me I can get off in, like, two months. I'm like, 
but you just had an armed robbery. So why did they do that? He's like, I don't know. They said I can get off. I'm like, Montgomery County, no way. We're, I'm placing you. And you can come home in like a year and get yourself together. So it's like you're almost just like not really there's no addressing the problem. You just throw them in and, like, and you go on your way. So there's no one. And I think it's the same with like the teachers are not, in my opinion, again, they're not trained to be you're only taught to be a teacher, but the teachers are people who spend the most time with the students out of anybody in the entire school. In their life, really. Like, literally, you know? So I think that that's a big part of, like, I know for in our program, the teachers are so, like, disattached from, like, the students because you're mm-hmm. only, like, there to be the teacher. But it's like, no. You're, like, you have, you, you can get more information than I can get out of them if you actually just... Listen, so I think with the school district, even just now, I feel like money has been a big thrown around, like not having money as to like the reason why everything is so bad. And I'm like, I don't think it's really just about money. I think it's just lack of like wanting to take the time to like properly have conversations. People be heard. You know, people don't want to have people say how they feel, especially when you're like the boss and have to hear your employees complain. Mm -hmm. Is what you basically say. Y'all don't want to hear you complain, but it's like. You don't listen to me talk and then I go into school and I don't care about these kids because no one listens to me anyway. So I'm not going to I don't care. And I think that that's been a cycle. And then, like I said, we have all these schools that were closed and they're like condos and it's like all these different things where it's like these kids got jammed into other schools and you don't you know, you, there's no like PTAs. There's just no one's being heard. No care. No, like none at all. And I think that there's just the lack of relationships which is a big part. And I think that I know the school district is so big and I, and I get it, but I think that there's just a, that I, I just need to do the hiring. Like if I could hire people, <laughs> <laughs> let me hire some people because I feel like that, like, again, I get the turnover rates are so high. It's just a lot of pressure, but I just feel like there's just a lack of care from like the very top of like, I know there's politics involved in everything and I know it's a business, but I felt like, okay, when wherever they got this money to get all these Chromebooks from, they got money. Because somehow they just we just had 50,000 Chromebooks that are just there for students now. And I'm like, what about these books we didn't have all this time? To be fair, those Chromebooks suck. They suck. My son, they had, my son, suck. my MacBook died yeah. on him and I had to get him one. I'm like, oh, this, but I'm like, whatever. The camera, it's just, it's the worst. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's pretty cheap when you think about it, but it's just like, but that it's, a, shows, it's an amount of money that yeah, they said they didn't that have. It, right. And it, and that can go into like trainings and just wanting, like, I just feel like if you really, like, Children being educated properly is so, like, key. And if you really train people to really do it, they can do it well. Um, I know, again, for me, I feel like we, in our agency, there's not much training done for anyone that gets hired, like, literally. So you're just thrown in. And then you're, like, then you're you're told you suck. And it's like, well, you just threw me in here and now I suck because I didn't know anyway. Yeah. I didn't know in the interview and you hired me like, you know what I mean? So whose fault is that? You know what I mean? So I then you have those, te- you have teacher staff, whoever, who are like, well, they think I suck anyway. So I'm not going to, I don't care. Cause I never cared anyway. So I think it's just like, I think it's just a lack of, of care. I think even down to like when they brought the counselors back, you know, with that whole, like some were working like remotely, they were going from school to school because I guess people were like I need a job so I'll take this commute from one day I'm at Germantown one day I'm at Martha King and I'll just suck it up but how effective is that for any student to like I have my counselor that's here on Mondays but she's not here back until Friday and then 
I have all these things that I'm struggling with, but I can't talk to her to make like, you know, like that's so. But again, because you're not thinking about the students and how that will affect them to have people popping around all over the place because no one's thinking about all that goes into it. It's just like the money, the business. Boom. Here you go. Like you want a counselor's bag. There you go. You got you got one. Be grateful for what you got. <laughs> if you could if you could have one one wish mm-hmm. to be able to do something uh, to change the, the direction of the Philadelphia schools, that wasn't you hiring everyone. OK, <laughs> <laughs> what what would that one fix or thing be to change the direction yeah. of the school district? I think that literally every every single person who's an educator should have a psyche vow done mentally. Mm-hmm be evaluated if you're even capable of if you are yourself mm-hmm. capable of helping someone else like you need like yeah that that's not necessarily a bad idea like we mentally especially after this past year i've been saying it now i'm like we need to like get someone in to just make sure everyone is okay to go back into the building and be prepared to be like we've been working virtually for over a year mm-hmm. my school we have not went back in the building so i think that would be something that I, everyone, every educator, I think that that is something that should be done. I think mentally making sure people are that they're okay, because right. anyone can like know the know how to teach math and you know know how to give someone you know how to do it, but to mentally be present when you have your own stuff going on, have I the think, capacity, yeah. To- but like also. Just on a fundamental level about, like, being present, like, you're also working with kids. So shouldn't you, like, just be right mentally? Like, right, as yeah. A, as just, like, a base level yeah. requirement? And like, there's some crazy people out here. Yeah. Like, crazy. But crazy because they haven't dealt with their own stuff. So right. you don't know. And, again, I know from my experience and, you know, where I am that people go through so much stuff. And and they and they might not fully say that they're struggling, but if you if you again if you listen and you care, then you can catch on to that. But you're still expected to show up at seven thirty in the morning like nothing happened. Yeah. And then be mad at me when I'm like um having a hard time controlling my class because I'm mentally I can't take it, you know? Because again, like you said, the kids will stress you out. Like Whew. stress you out. Girl, um, we, we got kids. We know. <laughs> listen. <laughs> so to be dealing with someone else's kids, multiples all day long and you mentally not be there but you needed this job to take care of your own kids so you're going to do it but you're mentally incapable of really giving your all because again it goes beyond just knowing how to do the math it's like how do I show up and be productive or teach you how to be productive in my math class Mm -hmm. how do you how do I teach you how to be productive with your peers and if you're not mentally capable so I think that that's something that I would highly if I had the power the wish to do I would definitely want that to happen and it to be like you like I always say like when police officers are different they have like they have on job shooting they have to get evaluated before they can go back to work and make sure that they're that needs to happen for educators mm-hmm. like you know not a bad the, idea. the chances of like you shooting someone and having to get that's probably doesn't I'm a little bit now but doesn't happen that often but teachers of stuff happening getting cursed out just things that happen that is a lot you know everyone is not able to just get up the next day and come in like nothing has happened before, mm-hmm. you know? So that's something I would do if I had control over, control over it, system. you know, control over that's mental health. A, mental health is real. That's, that's not a bad idea really, at all. And, and I mean, you know, quite, like I said, like as a base level, right? Like should, shouldn't there just be some type of mental evaluation mm-hmm. that, that educators 
um, of all stripes that work in the school district. Yeah, should even have the, to go through even yeah. freaking the lunch lady. Yes, like and, you're dealing with minors, children. Like you who should have, have personalities. Yes, who have personalities, but who have uh, very tender personalities mm-hmm. who are very impressionable and can be molded by anything that you kind of put out there. And yeah. so no matter how long or lengthy your interaction is, right? Like if you don't have your own mental capacities and faculties there, yeah, like. You know, How, yeah, that, what kind, what kind of impression are you making yeah, on this, yeah, this young yeah, mind? Right, yeah. right. That's a yeah. that's a very basic but just like overlooked thing that we should, uh, yeah. as a society, should consider. Let's talk a little bit about I'm Just a Girl. Mm-hmm. I like mm-hmm. the t-shirt. Thank you. What got you to launch this? Mm-hmm. And let's talk about what you're currently doing with this grant program. Yeah, so as I said before, I didn't really grow up like just being told i mean you are you know you're told like you're beautiful and all that good stuff but i never was told like what it means like how to be confident like what does that mm-hmm. even mean i'm mm-hmm. um, like you know like don't let them bother you you're beautiful and it's like how do i know you know like so i never was taught like about loving myself and and like it was really just no those conversations didn't happen in my household i think we just again i just like you know it's like i know i'm pretty but whatever so that was a big factor as i got older when I started to understand, like, realize, like, I don't even know, like, what that means when someone says, like, I'm like, what are they talking about? Like, self-love. Like, I don't know what that means. I've never had that before. I don't even know how to do that because my mom only told me I had to love my sister and if I need to take my sister and love my family. And so I'm like, in the black community, for the most part, we don't, we're not being taught, like, to take care of yourself because we're, like, we're naturally got to take care of us and our friends, everybody else, everybody else mm-hmm. you know so that was something that when I had first started working with youth I started to like I said I started to realize how many young girls specifically were either like super like masculine or they were like I don't have any girlfriends I hate girls like just very like dis like anti-girls mm-hmm. anti anything that had to do with being a, a young girl and I'm just like this is weird so that was one of the biggest things that like encouraged me to like wanted to launch just a girl and i used to always just write just a girl like doodling it even like when i was in high school i never had any correlation to it i just remember always writing it and it just Mm -hmm. and i when i was thinking about what i wanted to do i originally wanted to start a youth program like a team when i started just a girl but it was hard to keep them engaged like i couldn't get them to like want to come to the meet like it was just hard but i knew that i wanted to teach that like I wanted to teach the importance of self-love self-care and really teach it break it down like what does that even mean because I hear mm-hmm. people say all the time you gotta love yourself you gotta care for yourself it's like how do I do that so, you so know how many girls do you work with now? so as of now so I, my brain is woman based as the, as of now I went through a transition where I realized like okay even though I can't because I was originally, I was had like a program within Haddington. We were doing our meetings there, but it was hard. Because like I said, we, they was, some would show up, some wouldn't. So I realized like, okay, I'm going to take a step back, but I'm not going to necessarily end my vision, my mission. I'm just going to shift it to like women who are a little bit older, who want to be a part of it. You mm-hmm. know, like they're seeking it. I feel like at first teenage, I had to kind of like get them to get your friend to come and buy into them. So with the women, I'm able to... You, you want it so you don't really I don't have to feel more like accountable I'm, yeah you know what I mean but I realized when I became a counselor that I was able to pour into my students what I was trying to do with I can do it every day now and they want it they want to hear it mm-hmm. you know and that was a blessing where I remember just having those times where I was like upset about them not sure and I was like 
it's on my resume. So like I said that in my interview, like this is what I have. I would love to pour this into, you know, my business and just what I in groups and just different things. And I don't want anyone to feel like I'm discrediting the, the, the male students, but I want this. And they accepted it. But it was hard. You know, it was it, it was hard because I know that there's such a great need because I remember, again, me being that age and not knowing and seeing how my my young girls, my students are now and within relationships. I mean, I always say, like, I don't know. There so many of them are in, like, these serious relationships that are, like, draining where I'm, like, you're 17 and you're, like, being beat and your mom doesn't even know you're being beat by your boyfriend. And, you know, so so I'm able to, like, not trying to, to really focus on that where I can just pour into them into just a girl, you know. So I'm able to do that with my students, and I'm thankful for that. But as far as the women, I... Pre-COVID, I was having retreats and different, like, women empowerment events, just different things. Because I realized, like, it's not really just the young girls. Like, these are, like, older women Mm -hmm. who are also struggling. So that was like, okay, I need to keep it going. You know, it it makes sense. Because I realized, like, even down to, like, I've had women who were, like, 50s reach out to me. Like, Mm. wow, I never knew this. And I'm like, really? You know, and I think back to, like, my mom, where I'm like, you don't know this either, you know? So that was a big part of it. I mean, as of now, with, you know, Just a Girl and, like, my love for my students and my passion and some of the things that I've seen within, you know, with our process of college and going to school and our lack of resources, per se, for our students, that was what inspired me to start my Just Girl Scholarship Fund, which is basically to provide financial support to female students who either graduate high school and go to college or pursue, like, some sort of trade school. Mm. Um, and I wanted it to be... I didn't, and a lot of people reach out to me, like, why do they have to go to school? And I'm like, because I want it to be for you to be doing something productive. And, I, and that's why I'm like, I don't want it to be, you have to go to a four-year university, but I want you to be doing something. Even Educationally if you were like, based. Yeah, just being a learner, like Building learning. Skill. Yeah, yeah, even if you wanted to take a certification, I don't mm-hmm. know. But I but I realized that the students that I have, I've seen how they struggle, their families, little dollar amounts is a big dollar amount for a lot of family. Oh, yeah. You know, like literally hundreds of dollars for me is like, what, whatever. But there's, so that was a big motive of like, it doesn't even have to be a large, like I'm not looking for $20,000 because some of my family families, they're like 200 will be able to pay my deposit to secure my room. And that's one of the biggest things where I know that I am like meant to be in the urban community and work. I remember I went through this phase where I was like, I want to work in like the rich districts and and i went to the meetings i'm like this is not for me like i, I this is not like y'all talking about to be with my people yeah like i can't do this i'll be here because it's my job but i'm going to stay where i where i can feel like i'm really doing a service um, so that was one of the biggest motives with the, the scholarship fund right now i'm trying to raise three thousand dollars to provide fifteen hundred dollars to two female students and it literally I, I mean i'm open to a lot of people have like if they have family and friends who they know are struggling because I didn't want to get caught up in like this whole, like, how do I know if they're really like, I, I feel like I'm, I would be overthinking and blocking my own blessings, trying to figure out who's lying, who's not. Like if you feel like someone who needs the help, then um, I'm willing to help them because you know, it's not for me to try to figure out that part of it. It's tough. And I want it to go to the right thing, you know, right person. But I do, want them to at least show me proof that they're going somewhere. They're like, you know, I'm 
want I want to see it and I want to be able to follow up and follow their journeys and support them in any, any way I can even like so I haven't really proposed with my with my job because I'm like, I want to be able to even do this with them but I think it's like a conflict of interest probably somehow I don't know but I want to be able to like help my own students that I know that I know need it mm-hmm. um yeah. right now I don't really know who needs it but my students I know need it but I don't know if I can help them <laughs> Yeah, um, that's a that's a weird conflict. It's weird, right? Only like the uh, the school district, only Philadelphia would uh, really impose something. Like yeah, that. it's like um, weird, right? It's really weird. What what are the so as you're as you're raising funny money for this project? Is this something that you're going to think about doing next year as well? Yeah. So my goal, I, I've kind of and we spoke about this. I want to revisit my um, original plan of actually having like a just a girl team mentor program i think when i originally i've just may have not been fully ready or i have more experience now obviously like and i and again i said this before like i could take like probably half my students and they would want to join my program but again it's like a conflict interest or whatever how but i want to revisit it and actually you know um, make this a thing where i'm able to just continue to bless female students and help them you know like the teen pregnancy rate is just like ridiculously high <laughs> and I'm just like I'm over hearing them tell me they're pregnant with another baby and like mm. like it's just it's it's literally like when they tell me I'm like I had to remember like congratulations how are you feeling like I know I need to act but I tell them like I'm really like sad for you yeah you know and I'm not saying this that I'm saying you're not going to be a good mother but I'm like you don't even you don't through. even know yeah. what you're getting yourself into. Yeah, you know, and they're so happy, and I get it. And but like it's it's very, that is like one of the things that I've been when I hear it almost literally once a week that there's someone else that's having another baby. So I'm just like, now what? You know. So if I can try to at least help in some way, and even just down to like pushing education more, and like seeing that there's other options. You know, like their parents don't even know their option. I mean, I have I have a parent who wants to know about how she can go back for her diploma, mm-hmm. you know, and her daughter is also we haven't seen her in two years. So it's like just the dynamics of it's a cycle of just the lack of education, the lack of there. I mean, teen pregnancy, like I, I usually didn't think this is true. Like people who say like teen parents end up having children who become teen parents. Like mm-hmm. it's very real. Yeah, that's real. That's a real like thing. I did yeah. not think it was a real thing. I thought it was like, no, that's just like, no, no it's, it's literally. A, it's a high propensity. It's, it's literally like the realest thing I've ever. Yeah. <laughs> and it's, it's very real. And it's like, wow. So how can I try to be the counselor that's like pushing, like do something, especially in the city of Philadelphia, like I said before, like just going to college and getting out of the city and having a new, like looking at life in a different lens. Just do that. Like, even if you don't use a degree, I'm, I'm at that point. If you don't even use it, you don't life. know what you can yeah. get, like, yeah. just from going, you know? So that's kind of, it's just, I don't know. So yeah, I get it. I definitely get it. Being able to exceed, well, one, I highly recommend anybody that has an opportunity to, to get out of Philadelphia, even if it's just for a little bit to experience it and then mm-hmm. bring back the skills to the city. How can folks donate mm-hmm. if they want to, you know, help contribute to these two young students that you have that that are, you know, trying to get to college? How can they contribute to the fund? So if you go on my website, it's I am just a girl, www.iamjustagirl.com. I have like a full description about the scholarship fund. So you can donate through my PayPal and you'll receive a receipt. My, my goal, which is like pre-COVID, I want to like, I'm so dramatic, but I want to like, 
present this to them with like a big check and just like you know celebrate them and mm-hmm. i and i also want the families to be comfortable obviously because some people are not comfortable with like people knowing that they're receiving this but i really want them to know like even just under, people understand like it's okay to receive help mm-hmm. you know like don't be that parent who could be so caught up in not wanting to receive help and hinder your child from mm. going forward so like I want to so everyone can donate through my website through you know my PayPal and and hopefully you know hopefully I can just continue to grow and it can get bigger and you know we talked about just trying to make my business become like nonprofit as well mm-hmm. and just different things so I said I'm in a different place where I'm like I I won't be as like in my feelings if they don't show up as I was <laughs> <laughs> four years ago you know it was like what like you know and I know it's not me you know at that time I thought it was me I thought it was something that was like they don't like me and it's like no they're teenagers they're girls they right. have they got boys short attention about. span yeah like you know I don't have no I don't especially now I can't even you can't even keep up with what they want like you know yeah, so it's yeah. so like it's so hard to like keep up with what they want stuff that I can't give like I can't give out Chanel bags I'm sorry I don't have I I can't either I don't have them you know Mm -hmm. so they want they want more than what I can give at 16 so yeah dope dope. well I I appreciate you stopping by yes thank you so much we are drop the website one more time so it's www.iamjustagirl.com drop your socials so my social media is I only have Instagram I'm like really weird about Facebook still I don't know I have my personal but I don't I don't know whatever but my Instagram is just underscore just just a girl so j-u-s-t-a-g-i-r-l um on instagram so i should be the only just a girl that comes up but you never know you got a lot of perpetrators when my trademark comes through i'm gonna see how i can like sue all of them and i can just take (laughs) (laughs) we uh don't worry we're gonna put all of that in the show Um, but yeah so it's I'm, i'm i'm just i'm i'm pretty transparent and honest about my own experience through just a girl and you know tying in my 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 education part and I think anyone who follows me probably is overhearing about my students, but I'm like, it's just, you know, the two. That's of, your passion. It's my passion, no you know, women and like my students. So it just ties. It works. It works. Oh, it works all perfectly. Good. All <laughs> good. I love it. I love it. Janine Ukta, appreciate yes. you stopping by. Thank we'll so plug much. all of your. We'll plug your website and your IG page and 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 the, the show notes of this episode. But I appreciate you stopping by. Thank you. Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Hey everybody, I know throughout this pandemic, everyone has been saying we're all in this together. Well, here at Salah's Corner, I want to really hear from you and what you're enduring during this pandemic. Give us a call and leave us a voice memo and we'll play that on our next episode of Salah's Corner. That number is 267-225-5891. Share with me your thoughts, your feelings, things that you're doing to survive during this pandemic and you'll get your memo featured on the next episode of Salah's Corner. All right. Welcome back. That was a good conversation. It's, you know, the interesting thing is, is so I don't know if you know, I have a stepdaughter who is going to college. I think I don't think I told you that this year or next year. And so like that's a that's like the application fees, mm-hmm. the you know, I think it's like three hundred dollars we got to put out for her, like getting her like room and board and whatnot. Like Ooh. that's expensive, you yeah. know, for if you, you know, if you especially if you somebody that's living check to check. So like having some type of scholarship fund or an organization or a group of folks that's doing that to to 
to take care of those small little fees because like let's be real like asking somebody for like a hundred dollars or three hundred dollars is like not you know you ain't that's not enough to get a loan for and you also don't want to ask i mean you know people out here with that ppp loan they might have a little something to throw at you yeah, but it's it's a it's a it's a matter of like as a as a parent like I'm you just talking wanna... shit, but yeah, no, I feel yeah. you. I yeah. have a child that doesn't necessarily aspire for college, but I'm still she's she's someone who likes to learn how to do different things. Mm-hmm. So that's that's my journey as trying to to steer her in that in 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 a, in a good direction to 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 follow your dreams, but also understand that you have to have a baseline. Yeah. So. All right, it's time for our whack ass of the week. Mm-hmm. Last week, it, it, the the unthinkable thing happened. Something it's this never happens. This is unprecedented. We had a tie. It was a tie, people. So last week we had the Perth Amboy Police Department for stopping the teens for not having their bicycle bicycle <laughs> registered with the police department. They were stopped, their bikes taken and arrested. Eventually, they were let go. But like, seriously, fuck you. Mm-hmm. And then the other one was yours. What was yours last so week? So mine was the universities, two universities, one in Pennsylvania, the other one in Princeton, using move bone fragments of children as study material, essentially. Yeah, that was trash. That was trash. And not even telling the parents that they even had the bones. Yeah. Just trash ass shit. All right. New week, new whack asses. Who you got this week, Fair? I'm kicking so, it to you first. This week, I just have the state of Pennsylvania as a whole, particularly the Pennsylvania Public Utility Commission. They're just in charge of all things utility in the state. They have they have decided that they are going to privatize Royceford Borough their water, and so. They're privatizing this water. They approved it with a four to zero vote. The The board actually has five members, but one seat is vacant. So they have, it's a four to zero vote. And this change of privatizing their water could cause the the rate of their, their water prices in Montgomery County in this particular borough to go up to at least 70 percent within the next two years. Wow. <laughs> yeah. That's actually really trash. Yeah. It's a small population, but, like, that doesn't mean shit. Like, you're going to make our water prices go up. They're going to, like, cap them for for two years, but then they'll, there are in ways around it to where they'll be able to charge particular surcharges for different shit. So either way, their water prices are going to immediately go up. That is absolute trash, actually. Wow. Let's see if I can top that. I feel like I'm going to be able to, though. You might. Um, so, my, well, my whack ass of the week is Texas mm. uh, Democrat Harold Dutton, who chairs the State House Public Education Committee, who put forth a bill to bar transgender students from competing on school sports teams that align with their gender identity. Yeah. You know, another bill to ban folks who, yeah. you know identify differently as their gender from participating in sports but even it's still even still very specific it's still geared towards transgender girls it's always the girls they just they love policing girls bodies and he 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 only put forth this this bill died before but he only put it forward because another bill of his died 
So, like, this isn't even really a problem. He's just doing this because, like, he ain't getting what he wants. A like, solution about, in search of a problem. Talk about throwing a huge-ass tantrum that's just going to penalize people for no absolute reason. Um, so make sure y'all hit up the IG stories. Vote for Wack-Ass of the Week. I mean, they're both pretty trashy. They're both pretty whack. Listen, we are an equal opportunity. We are. Uh, trash maker? I don't even know what you call that. I started that sentence. I don't know what it was. They're all whack asses is all basically what I'm saying. Everyone's a winner, but sometimes there's one that's just more whack than what the other. she said was better than me. Make sure y'all hit up the <laughs> social Salah's Corner to vote for Wack Ass of the Week. Uh, anything else in closing, Farrah? Nope. Just support black women and um, fuck them kids. <laughs> The last corner is recorded out of Rec Philly. It is a space for creative individuals. It is produced by Raina the Great. Raina the Great. Going with Raina the Great this week. Um, and features my co-host, my sister Farah. Yes, what? Until next time. Peace y'all. Bye guys. <laughs>